Let's talk about a ruling stateside that caught my attention because it could possibly one day have some implications here. And we're talking about the public sector unions because the Supreme Court today in the United States struck down an Illinois law requiring non-union workers to pay fees that go to collective bargaining. And we're talking billions of dollars taken from non-members and given to the unions, which many argued, hey, that's not constitutional. So why do we care? Well, union members in this country have no choice but to join a union if they are in a union establishment. And therefore, they have to pay dues, even if they don't want to, even if they don't agree with the union stance. And we know that in this country, a lot of the unions spend an awful lot of money in dues, millions, in fact, to get political, whether it's in the federal or provincial election. We've seen it. It's not up for debate. They spend millions and millions of dollars helping the party that they think will get them the best results. And you can't opt out. So does this case change that? Let's ask Catherine Swift. She is with Working Canadians, also was with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. She joins me now. Catherine, you've talked an awful lot about unions and the fact that in Canada, our union members, they don't have a choice when it comes to being a member or, in fact, paying dues. How do you think this decision in the U.S. uh, could uh, come here to the border? Well, I I don't believe it'll come to the border anytime soon, (laughs) Alex, to be honest, even though it should. Uh, however, I don't think we should underestimate that it is a pretty important precedent that's been set in the U.S. to basically give workers the choice. And, of course, this particular one pertained to government workers, mm-hmm. um, you know, to give workers the choice of whether or not they want to pay the dues. And even, even in the U.S., they had already gone some way toward giving workers some more freedom because it, it was already um, not permitted for unions to charge dues when they were using that money for political, partisan political purposes. So Which it was only here. the dues that they could prove were going toward actual collective bargaining that right. they were permitted to, you know, impose, basically, and make mandatory. Of course, in Canada, we know the unions spend gobs of money. We just had an Ontario election where we mm-hmm. saw them spending gobs of their members' money, and their members don't agree to this. A lot of their members don't like them being spent, uh, their money being spent on, on politicking effect- effectively. And, um, and yet in Canada, it's carte blanche for unions. So I am hoping that this will sort of ring a few bells out there, set some precedents that it's time that we really did re-examine this in Canada and start to give people back some freedoms. And I don't, I don't see this. And if unions have such a great product to sell, they can, you know, they can prove that to people. It should not be mandated by law. Right. So they argued down in that, uh, in this particular case, that it was unconstitutional, that it went against their, you know, their First Amendment uh, rights. Could you not then, um, in Canada, fight that your charter rights are being violated? Sure you could. And, and people have. Uh, but the courts have always ultimately sided with the unions. And the last case was back in the 1990s, actually, where somebody challenged this notion of the unions being able to spend their money um, on non-collective bargaining, in other words, politics or, you know, whatever cockamamie things they wanted to spend it on, uh, and they lost at the Supreme Court. But, you know, times change. People say, oh, well, the Supreme Court decided this. Yeah, but, you know, the Supreme Court felt that women shouldn't have the vote about 100 years ago, and they also felt that, you know, gay people couldn't get married not that long ago. So, you know, times do change, and courts change. They change with the times. And I think a lot of Canadians should be questioning 
Why are we forced to pay dues in Canada? And then why, in turn, are unions permitted to spend that money on all kinds of things that their members don't support? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is union dues are to be used or should be used. I mean, maybe I'm just naive to fight, in fact, for employees to fight for. That's supposedly the the theory, (laughs) but we've gotten a long way away from that in practice. And of of course, the other thing is, and it is interesting, I didn't even know this U.S. statistic until I was reading about stuff today. Um, Half of union members in U.S. work for government. In Canada, it's 60 percent. It's even more. Mm -hmm. So when we have, you know, we already have government that we have to pay taxes to. Uh, we, we can't say, and in, in certainly not in Canada, we don't have the alternative to get our health care from anywhere else. We can't go and get our education from anywhere else and so on. They have the monopoly on so many services. It, it's ba- government unions uh, being able to mandatorily impose dues is basically extortion of the private sector taxpayer. That's what it is. We, we can't go anywhere else. If it's a company that's unionized and we don't like what they're doing, we go and buy our stuff somewhere else. Mm. Well, you know, that's not the case with government, so it is a special, it's a special situation, and that's why we should see, the, and that's why in, indeed this U.S. case was decided the way it, it did. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the federal election coming up. I mean, we know that provincially, you know, a message was sent that the public unions were not going to choose who was going to run Ontario this time, and that took a long time to break. But at the federal level, you know, they're already, the campaigning has already begun and they, the Liberals, will be looking to their union friends to prop them up again. Now, I don't know if they will. I think they've dropped a lot of promises that they had made to their big union friends, but there's no question uh, their support matters. Well, oh, no question. And they have tons of money. They have gobs of money. There's one uh, federal government union, for example, that takes in a half a billion dollars every year. Half a billion dollars. I mean, we're not talking chump change here. Um, I think the way the unions seem to have operated in the last few elections doesn't have a whole lot to do with whether promises were broken or not to them but rather uh, who do they think is going to win, has the best chance to win. And I think in Ontario we saw the Liberals collapse, so the unions abandoned them and went to the NDP. Uh, and federally, it's hard to say. We don't, you know, it's over a year away. But um, I, I think, I, if I had to predict at this point in time, I think they will support Liberals again. Right. And so, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're in for some turbulent times, as you well know. So who knows what the current, um, what the status of the country will be by Election Day in 2019. But there's no question, um, I think someone is going to have to take the lead in changing the rules. It's only fair for Canadians if they don't want to pay dues or don't want to be, even be in a union. They shouldn't have to in this day and age. Of course they shouldn't have to. And But, but again, I, I really think the way our courts work, uh, we're going to have to have public opinion largely on side that will ultimately, you know, send the message to the courts, look, we don't agree with this. We, we the people, <laughs> I sound like an American, we, <laughs> we, the population of Canada, don't believe this is right. We want it changed. And, and that's the only way. The, the courts these days, you know, in, in Canada in particular, you know, they, they, they don't tend to make these decisions until, you know, they're, they're sort of the, the, the bringing up the rear. Uh, public opinion is usually way out in front of them. And I think we have to move public opinion and then ultimately the courts will follow. All right. Well, might not happen in my lifetime, but we'll see. No, mine neither. <laughs> Catherine, thank you. Thank you, Alex. Catherine's joining us tonight here. Uh, look, I think it's all about choice. Uh, bottom line is, if they can fight it there on the premise that it's unconstitutional, that it goes against the First Amendment, I don't understand why then those who don't want to be in a union wouldn't file this as a charter challenge. If I don't want to be in a union, that should be my choice. 
And it should be the union's choice not to protect me should I get fired or hurt or whatever. No? Well, no, because the unions desperately need the money. But it does not protect the workers, and it certainly doesn't seem fair. But such is life. Coming up here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio.